Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Fitzroy Boy, the local galloper, bowling along a length and a half clear. Valet is second. Oakfield target now being asked for its effort at the 400. Starts to circle the field. Also coming from the back is Del Toro. Mossini's going to have to go wide. Rolling with the flow stays back on the inside and Cappuccino's not in it. Into the straight. Fitzroy Boy went for home. Leads a length and a half. Mossini to the outside. Comes out after uh, Fitzroy boy then followed Oakfield target it's Mossini the outside Fitzroy boy Mossini Mossini got up to win in great form a length and a half Fitzroy boy third I reckon Oakfield one of the many highlights there at Gundawindi on the weekend as we say good morning to Tony Clements and Rob Luck how are you guys yeah good thank you Steve good morning to you and hello everyone welcome along Rob yeah, good morning, Tony, Steve. Good morning, uh, listeners. As we heard, uh, Massini get the Battle of the Bush Heat qualifiers underway on the weekend, Tony, and we're going to hear more about that shortly this morning. How are we all this morning? I'm well, Rob and Tony. I just want to. Que- I just got something that you may not be aware about, or you may be aware about, but I've got it on good information that a superstar rider turned up, went into the jockey's room at Gympie on the weekend. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did hear oh, that, Oh, OK, yes. so you're all over it, Tony. We'll talk about that a bit later. <laughs> yes, there was a, a former gimpy boy who was yeah. taking himself to the world stage, was actually back in town and even had the first race named after him. So we'll talk more about that as we roll through. Yes, the Gimpy Turf Club and also the uh, Gundawindi and McIntyre Picnic Race Club hosted the first two legs, the uh, first two qualifiers, I should say, of the uh, Battle of the Bush series for 2023. And hot off his success in the Easter Saturday Flinton Cup, Rob, we heard there, Massini for Nathan Vazakley and Dale Groves in a great battle beating Fitzroy Boy and Oakfield Target at Gunsin Park on the weekend. Yeah, Tony, um, a young jockey that is riding extremely well at a meeting that featured, as you said, the Battle of the Bush opening uh, heat there after other winners on the day with Matt Crop continuing with Yemma Uza, uh, Miss Cinnamon Cider for Pat Webster, the stable in great form, and, of course, uh, Corey and Kylie Gearin had the winner with uh, Bartolumba. Uh, one of the races, unfortunately, abandoned uh, with the start uh, occurring without one of the runners in the stalls. But the highlight was Massini uh, with the Battle of the Bush qualifier as part of the Gundawindi Picnic Cup. And uh, the key thing, I think, Tony, here is that Massini has already run fourth in a country stampede, fifth in a Battle of the Bush, won his last four, and he beat an inform uh, horse in Fitzroy Boy. But there's an inform jockey we have on this morning, and we have with us now Nathan Fasakali. Good morning to you, Nathan. How are you, Rob? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, good to have you back on uh, Bush Beat. Great to be able to talk to you. As we know, you kicked off your career as an apprentice or you uh, came out of the country, out to the Central West. But let's talk about Massini's win. Just take our listeners through. Did everything go to plan? Because this horse is really in good form since January. Four wins in a second, last five. And you uh, won on him at the last start at uh, Flinton. Uh, take us through the ride that, and uh, everything going to plan with a strong finish at the end. Uh, yeah, sort of the plan was sort of be a pair closer than what I was, but because they went so hard in front, I sort of was a pair back further than I would have liked, but it kind of really sort of set up in the end, sort of from the 500 onwards. I was pretty confident once I sort of hit sort of the home turn there. He, um, he really sort of that trademark sprint of his for about a furlong and a bit, and um, no, he was strong over them late. Yeah, the leader Fitzroy Boy is a hometown hero, and it's also in good form. 
But look at the form of Massini and your association starting to uh, develop with this horse, that Flinton win over the 1,200. You know he's going to be strong in a battle of the bush, don't you, because of his previous performances in the Stampede and the Battle of the Bush. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. I think he's um, he's definitely in it up to his ears in that sort of race. Um, just got to find out whatever the competition is, but I'm sure he'll be he'll be right in the finish the way he's going at the moment. Is it a case that Dale would probably uh, sort of hope the form he's in? Well, crikey, wouldn't it be good if the Battle of the Bush was next weekend? Uh, do you know anything about his plans, uh, how he now proceeds to get there uh, to final day? Uh, I'm not 100% sure where he goes next with him. I think he's going to have a few easy weeks. But um, no, credit to Dale, he's kept the horse in great form. Um, you know, we've been mates for years, so... Uh, it's good for the association to keep going. And I think I've had about five wins on him now. So hopefully, you know, all things go to plan. He um, finds a few nice races for him along the way and hopefully keeps him in tip-top order for the final. And I'm sure, Nathan, you've put your hand up to uh, say, yes, I'll ride him at Eagle Farm on final day. Ah, uh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And the good thing about him, too, it doesn't matter what sort of track, does it? Uh, he went to Flinton, I think, was his first time. First time at um, Gundawindi. He handles um, all conditions. Um, and really, he does become one of the early favoured runners for the Battle of the Bush final. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an honest horse. He handles all tracks, sort of, whether they're soft or hard. He's, um, he's as honest as they come. He tries his heart at every time he goes round. So he's a credit to the stable. Um, and his record speaks for himself. I really wanted to make sure we had you on this morning because um, you really, are, if you like, turning the corner in terms of the winning performances of late and, and your association with people like Dale Groves is, is key to that. But you only had to look at Gundawindi to see the number of trainers uh, that have uh, put you on. Um, and your recent strike rate, it's, it's double from your career, one 14% from your last 50 uh, Nathan, has there been a, a change in approach by you? We've often talked in recent weeks about jockeys getting out into the country. Well, you only have to look at your record in in recent weeks, and you've been really willing to travel. Uh, Flint and a treble, then up to Augustella, uh back down to Gundawindi. Is is that a change in approach for you? You can see there's a real benefit getting out to the country areas. Oh, a little bit. Like there's always rice there, and um. You know, I've always been one to travel, um, and I just thought, you know, Toowoomba's sort of—it's always—it's always, it's always going to be there. But I thought, you know, make make a good crack and a, you know, um, good money out there, and trainers are willing to put me on, which is great. And you know, I've always had ever since I sort of started out west there, the the support of trainers I've got's always been great, and it's continuing now ever since I've sort of started travelling back out to those sort of race meetings, which is which is great being in the fully-fledged category and, and Toowoomba being such a, um, a great base, important, I imagine, uh, coming out of your apprenticeship. You've still got to have those goals. You've always, you've always had confidence in your riding, which is a necessary ingredient. Uh, opportunities to go to town, I take it, are always on the horizon, but um, the opportunities to keep earning that income become very important to you now um, as the later stages, you know, as you're fully-fledged? Oh, definitely. I, you know, if there's an opportunity comes to town, I'd love to take it. But at the moment, sort of just keep kicking these winners over and just making sure I'm giving all, giving a horse every chance. That's sort of the main goal. Um, 
I'd love to sort of win a country premiership as a senior. I know I've won as apprentice in the past, but that'd be another great goal that I'd love to tick off. Yeah, well, as you've said, uh, you always were happy to travel to the country. The Central West uh, had your early experience in the apprenticeship and uh, that was part of the country um, apprenticeship um, title. But it certainly does become even competitive now in the in the country areas. But you are sort of, you, you're obviously picking up those full books as you uh, head that way every time. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, as I get great support from trainers out there, which I'm very grateful for, uh, country meetings they're they're always a great day out and they're always you know fun after as well but sort of main goal is just giving them every chance and you know as long as they get every chance they win they win they don't they don't when you're saying about fun afterwards i did see uh, a facebook photo showing you and the trainer celebrating it looked like you only had a quiet <laughs> lemonade whereas dale had something a little bit stronger but that's also a fine balance because after those uh four rides you had at gundy at gunsin park you had to scoot back up for the winner at toowoomba at clifford park yeah, you know, that was another, I, that was sort of a little bit unexpected, but um, credit to Tommy Dougal, he's a very good trainer and, you know, he had the horse in tip-top shape for his first start. Yeah, Basil's bow, another of the golden archers and uh, made it a, a top weekend for you. Yeah, it was a great weekend and, um, no, just sort of, it was just all about just having the mindset of making sure they all had, had every chance to win their race. And... What's on the horizon in coming weeks? Where do you head uh, leading into uh, the weekend, of course, with meetings coming up on Anzac Day? Are you headed to both uh, other venues? Um, uh, we'll start off at Dolby this Saturday and I'll actually go to Cunnamulla on Tuesday. Again, a great example. Uh, you're willing to do the travels and I'm sure the trainers in those country areas really appreciate it. Um, and I take it you'll be looking towards full books again. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much nearly full booked for Cunnamulla, but every time I sort of travel out there, yeah, you know, it's great to have them support from the country trainers, which is great. I was using your career, and, and no um, comment or disrespect to riding abilities, but I was using your career in, in last week's uh, show, Nathan, just uh, the importance of getting that confidence going, getting the winners flowing, and the ability to travel. Uh, which you've always had, as you as you said, uh, but now you're getting this performance behind you all the time. Is, is it something other jockeys going back to that jockey shortage problem? Is it is it an attitudinal thing that um, some jockeys need to look at more closely and and follow your example and say, well, look, there's a good living to be made here. Um, oh, hundred percent. I think sort of, especially when you're like apprentice starting out, and you've got to you sort of got to travel to sort of get those rides and build those relationships with trainers as like because like you said some country trainers will take a horse say to a provincial meeting or a metro meeting and they you know you've obviously forged up a great relationship with them that they just put you on like it's sort of the building blocks of starting out of race riding yeah, it's one of those things that, like, you might ride for, say, someone like Craig Smith uh, at Roma uh, on one of their non-tab meetings. Craig's yeah. not uh, afraid of travelling his horses. Next thing, he bobs up with one at the tab program at Dolby Amateurs on the weekend, and you might be the first person he calls for the ride. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's sort of, yeah, the building blocks. The thing, like, making good relationships with trainers is key, especially when starting out and having that mindset of, you know, travelling to get winners. It does doesn't matter. I think it just doesn't matter where you're right. It's still the same money everywhere else too. Mm. Mm. You've you've certainly um, come a long way since the Central Central West nicknamed you the kid, um, and it's great to see. Great to be able to follow your 
uh, career and, and to be able to highlight you on Bushbeat this morning. And, and hopefully, Massini, yourself and Dale Groves, as you said, you're good mates, but it's a, a relationship. Your, your number of rides is obviously mainly uh, for Dale. I'm sure that relationship will only get stronger. So uh, we wish you well and we, we look forward to seeing the path of Massini into the Battle of the Bush final. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good on you, Nathan. Good on Nathan, you, Nathan. Exactly there Thanks with for us being on. this morning. Uh, after his uh, win there on Massini and that qualifier at Gundawindi on the weekend. We'll talk about the other qualifier that happened at Gympie very soon, Rob, and as we start tracking into the uh, the various qualifiers that are going to be coming along, we'll be profiling these a lot more uh, in the weeks ahead on Bushbeat. It's a, a, a very long road, but a very quick and short road because the final only comes up on the 24th of June at Eagle Farm on Tats Day. Uh, we have the next heats coming up at Quilpie on the 29th of April. Longreach and Gordonvale on the 6th of May. Jandowie and Mount Isa on May 13. There's a bunch of heats on May 20. Nanango, Kunamulla, Emeralds, uh, Home Hill and Mariba. 27th of May, it's Gladstone and Cloncurry. Bowen on the 3rd of May. Bar Coulton is the final heat on the 10th of May. And then, yes, the uh, on the 10th of June, sorry, and Bowen on the 3rd of June. And then the final at Eagle Farm on June 24. And one of the beauties of the Battle of the Bush, as always, Rob, it's a, a real combination uh, of different track styles as well, where you're going from something like some of the, the sand and dirt tracks all the way through to the beautiful grass there at Gundawindi and and, and tracks like uh, the grass track of the outback in Bar Calden, uh, Home Hill and, and Mariba and ones like that. And Massini just looks ideally placed uh, from what we've seen already, the form that's leading into the series. Yeah, been that and done that before he has and maybe he'll go a lot closer in the final this year. But your point is, is spot on, Tony, about the, uh, the variety of tracks and, of course, the... When we do get to look at Gympie, um, that's the case with Hard Stride, the winner there on the sand track. But when we went out to the Central West on the weekend, now there's an interesting galloper here that we're going to hear because a horse like Nick the Skip, a Roma Cup winner, ended up in the Country Cups final. But what does Cheyenne Iverson plan to do with Nick the Skip that was an impressive winner in the Nutrient Western Open Plate over the 1400 at Blackhall? Can can six lengths off Nick the Skip who's going great gun smooth move now revved up by Robbie Far gets within a half length the Lapagus drops off helmet head the landing tower road seven or eight lengths off these leaders and cause he can can scrubbed up last of all 300 metres to go at the point in the corner and Nick the Skip leads breathing down its neck now his smooth move six lengths further back to tower road who runs on but Nick Nick the Skip smooth move up on the outside it's Nick the Skip and smooth move. Nick's got it though. Nick the skip too good for smooth move. The length. Oh, they hammered the others. The landings run third seven lengths away. As Andrew Watts said in the call, they hammered the others. Nick the skip getting out by three quarters of a length over smooth move in the Nutrient Western Open Plate at uh, Blackhall on the weekend. They gapped the others. There was an eight-length space back to the landing in third and a further length back to Tower Road in fourth. Um, so Sophie Wilcock making the trip up to Blackhall on the weekend to ride Nick the skip for Shane Iverson there, Rob. And that's the uh, the Roma Cup winning combination back together and taking out that race at the Baku Amateurs on the weekend, which was a big landmark meeting for them, celebrating 150 years of racing. Very important to the Central West area. And to Blackall, we welcome Andrew Watts. What's he affectionately known to the show? And the first thing I'll put to you, Watts, is it was a meeting where there were big margins dominated by on-the-pace runners. But Nick the Skip, 
Very interesting performer as we head to the Battle of the Bush. Um, your thoughts on his win and any idea from Shane Iverson uh, what he's aiming to do with Nick the Skip? Uh, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, it was very interesting. I posted the question to him uh, after the race and he said, I'll see you in the Tree of Knowledge Cup. But I don't know if he was just geeing up a few listeners there that might have been on course. <laughs> uh, talking to Shane a little later on, I think he's just going to keep the horse at 1400 for now, but he didn't rule out a Battle of the Bush tilt because, as we know, he's a very versatile horse. Um, the type you don't ordinarily see, um, he's effective sort of from that 11 or 1,200. Best distance for mine is probably 1,400, but then he's run a, won a Roma Cup over 1,640. So, uh, as you said, it was a leader-dominated day. Uh, inside Barriers won four of the five races, but uh, Nick the Skip was certainly the standout on a very special day for the Baku Amateurs, as Tony mentioned, the 150 years of racing in Blackall, uh, a club with so much history, um, as we know in modern times, we've got Charlie Prow, we've had Miss Petty, but there was an unveiling of a history board by a member for Gregory Lachlan Miller and Paul Banks and a member from the Blackall Tambo Council, which really shows and reflects on how important racing uh, is to the community and will be in the future. And, of course, Banksy himself, a big part of the the, uh, the committee and the community there. I think 26 years as president, Rob. Mm. Oh, and a big family history, of course, tracing back through his father and Miss Petty. And and they're doing a great uh, job of social media too. I noticed putting out all the old, old photos and stories uh, as they led into that day. But uh, you made the point that was leader-dominated. It was also probably fitness-dominated still at uh, this time of the year as you look through the results. Uh, probably only one upset that I was pleased to know that I managed to pick myself. But um, there was a it was a case of fitness and leading uh, really played its part on the day it certainly did and we saw that with the boy foster timmy brummel combination they came away with a double uh, the newcomer you better you bet uh, a newcomer by worthy cause he's only a three-year-old and uh, look i think he's got a little bit of upside this horse he literally jumped two lengths in front brummel controlled the race beautifully and he won well over purple song uh, for David Rewalt and Amy Graham, a win round the corner for that galloper has been a bit of a journeyman uh, in its short career. I thought Aussie Morphology was good in third for Patrick O'Toole and Foxy Baker, uh, beaten five and a quarter lengths. The second leg of uh, Boy and Timmy's winning double was with bittersweet pluck, a horse I know you like, Rob. Uh, out to the 1400, again, straight on the bunny, led throughout. Beat Portabelle, who was big in second for Mark Oates and Anna Bacos. And Hallside Hot Stuff, a good run as well, three wide the entire trip. Uh, for Tony Schofield and Sophie Wilcock finishing in third, beaten two and a quarter lengths. Um, other winners on the day, the first was won by Parkburn. Hasn't this been a great pick-up for Mark Oates? He's placing it beautifully. He took the cutest money, took over 10000 to the winner. Uh, owned by the Caroline family. Uh, it was great to see them win the first race on such a big day. You know, the Caroline family, great supporters of racing. Um, right across the Central West and, of course, hailing from Blackall. And a bay cost, a beautiful rails-hugging ride. One impressively over Mashani operator for Shane Iverson and Sophie Wilcock. Look, this horse just looked like it needed the run. Um, follow the operator, I think, wherever it goes next. It started favourite. New York World, uh, another honest run for this galloper for Boy Foster and Timmy Brummel. And uh, the other winner on the day, the one you mentioned uh, and alluded to there, was Asaka Sunset. Now, this was another horse that came from Barrier Run 1. Basically, was on the pace throughout for Rodney Little and John Rudd and had enough up its sleeve um, to beat Bigger Than Thorn for David Rewald and Amy Graham. The Staffer, another placing for that horse for Mark Oates and Anna Bacos. And 
Look, I went back and watched the replay of Osaka Sunset's first up run in Longreach, and um, look, there was uh, there was a bit of a flashing red light. I think everyone missed. It was a big run that day, and uh, drawn better, and uh, a favourable run in transit saw it win. Uh, bigger than Thorn, very good. Uh, it's finally found its feet in the dirt. I was talking to David Rewalt, suggesting he came with a little bit of a breathing problem and a little bit of uh, trouble finding his feet in the dirt, but uh, that horse will be winning a race shortly somewhere around the bush, Rob. Yeah, and um, going back to Osaka Sunset, that third up fitness run, I mean, I saw the run on the tab meeting at Longreach uh, when Amy Graham was going for four winners on the day and there was just something about the run suggested uh, fitness-wise, get better next start and barrier, as you say, plays a part and bigger than Thorn just continues to improve. But uh, uh, the Carolins, uh, of course, always uh, get a good horse and Parkburn uh, headed that way. But what's he also, the maidens out of Blackhall, they tend to produce a horse that goes on with a good career. Mm. Yeah, we and do. You better I, I You think, Bet, um, which is a good song name, by the way. Yeah. It might be the one to follow, <laughs> yeah. as you mentioned. It plays out regularly on 4LG. Um, no, You <laughs> Better, You Better. It, it was a good win. And, and the thing I liked about it too, Rob, and it did exactly the same thing Tad Day at Longreach, it's got really good barrier manners. So as we know in the bush, um, often horses resent the kickback, especially new horses, and, and it can break their hearts. Whereas if you're out front making your own luck, well, you know, you're taking all of that other stuff out of the equation. So it's definitely a watch on that runner from the meeting. Um, I thought Bigger Than Thorns, another real watch. And smooth move. Um, just ran into a good one on Nick, in Nick the Skip on the day, but uh, it was enormous as well. Your Central West Jockey Premiership starting to take shape. Timmy Brummel with another double moving up the ranks. Anna Bacos doing a good job as well. Yeah, they're going well and associated with, with strong stables at the moment. Um, Mark Oates' team's flying. Um, I don't think he's, he's produced a couple of the big guns yet. We're still to see uh, no innuendo. Uh, we did see um, another tosser come out at Bar Calden, so I think Mark's uh, and Anna's going to be a, a real combination to follow. Uh, Boy and Timmy, I mean, for year, a couple of years, seasons now, they've, they've just been building and building and building. And, and I'd be keeping one eye on Robbie Farr as well because I know David Rewald has a new string of horses coming through and uh, it'll be intriguing to see where, where they start coming up. But um, he's got a lot of numbers down there, David, and uh, the, the stable is starting to fire. Watson, yeah. put your president's hat on for the moment and give us a plug for this coming Saturday, Longreach Jockey Club with the Longreach RSL Diggers Cup meeting coming up. Acceptance is closing off very, very soon. We've managed to get the plug in for that. I should say nominations closing off very, very soon. We've managed <laughs> to get that in for a change before they close off at 11 o'clock this morning. But another big day coming up there at Longreach? Yeah, it will be. I'll be really interested to see the numbers. Um, of course, hot on the heels of this meeting is the Tree of Knowledge Cup Day at Bar Calden. So I, I, a few people might um, skip the Longreach meeting um, have a crack at the tab money coming up on the 29th at Bar Calden. But um, last count, I think we've got seven or eight jockeys coming. So, that, you know, usually the jockeys and the horse numbers will match up. So I'd say we'd be looking around that 40, 40 to 45 noms for the day. Uh, Diggers Cup, 8300 to the winner. So it's good good prize money. Uh, total prize full of 1200 And, of course, uh, on Saturday we'll do all the uh, usual um, things that we do on, on an Anzac Day, including our own special ceremony including Malcolm Strong will be playing at the last post and um, we have a bit of a collaboration with the Longreach RSL sub-branch which has been going for many years. Yep, and that 
that meeting always traditionally a lot of history with it, uh, Andrew, as well uh, on the day, which with only Julia Creek, Dolby and Yapoon. And Yapoon's first meeting for the year, which is great to see, the grass track there. Uh, the jockey numbers probably work out pretty well. And then, of course, uh, you've got a Cunnamulla meeting coming up on Anzac Day. Yeah, big, big, big week uh, starting Saturday, of course, Longreach, and then uh, Tuesday to Cunnamulla, which uh, their annual Anzac Day meeting, uh, talking to Liz down there. Uh, they're excited. They're looking forward to a big crowd heading uh, to the track on Tuesday. And then uh, Friday, I'll be out to Tower Hill uh, to the day one of the picnics. Uh, and then, of course, back Saturday for the Tree of Knowledge Cup day at Barcald. And so, yeah, big, big week uh, on the road next week. Talking about Tower Hill, is there a bit of an announcement about Saturday at Tower Hill, a new introductory <laughs> caller coming onto the scene? Well, I don't want to put any pressure on Max Tanks, but, yes, that is the case. Um uh, Sam Nisbet uh, threw out the uh, Hail Mary and Maxie's uh, jumped on board and he'll be having a crack at that calling for the first time. And it's a, it's a pretty tricky event uh, to call. And Josh Fleming, I know he'd back me up with this, um, where acceptances are done on the morning of the races and the colours change and the horses change and the flags start. But um, Maxie will love every minute of it, I'm sure. It'll be a beard full of fear on Saturday. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we look forward to that. It's great to see. Yeah, no, really, really looking forward to it. And the picnics, of course, Tower Hill, the first of the series, uh, and then a fortnight to Corinna. So uh, I believe 50-odd nominations for Tower Hill, which is about up about 20 on last year, and uh, Corinna usually get around about that 70 mark. So yeah, a couple of big weeks coming up for the grass heads as well. Good on you, Watsy. Safe travels through all of that, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Rob. Good morning, listeners. Mentioning Anzac Day next week, uh, we're going to be on one of our very, very rare Tuesdays off, Rob. Uh, no bush beat <laughs> next week because Radio Tab will be covering all of the uh, the big action uh, nationwide for Anzac Day. So we'll be back in, in two weeks' time on the 2nd of May. Um, but just mentioning, as you said there, this coming Saturday, the Outback Showcase Racing Series kicks off with the first leg at Julia Creek as part of their Dirt and Dust Festival and Julia Creek Cup Day. We've mentioned the Longreach meeting for their Diggers Cup program and, as you said, Yapoon's first program for the year. Anzac Day next Tuesday, Cunnamulla race as do uh, Wandai with the Wandai Diggers Cup and the next leg of the Burn It to the Beach series and uh, then I've got to get a plug in I suppose for what's uh, coming up as well on the tab circuit through the week after Warwick today, Rockhampton Thursday, Cairns Friday and as Nathan Fazakley mentioned, Dolby Amateurs great to see them with the tab program this coming Saturday. Townsville race next Monday and then Warwick are back in action I think it is uh, on Anzac Day as well so uh, it's going to be a busy busy week ahead and it's going to be uh, interesting to see, as we said, the, the uh, spread near, wide and far of some of the jockeys. Yeah, and it'll be a bit like coming back after a Melbourne Cup uh, day, won't it, and doing bush beat and getting through the results. But we'll be focusing heavily on any major new achievements, particularly though Battle of the Bush and uh, those feature meetings along the way. And going back to the Battle of the Bush, well, we saw Massini uh, win at Gun to Indy and, of course, talking about horses that have been there and done that. Old hard stride. He's 12 years old, Tony. Um, but uh, he's already won a country stampede. Paul Hamlin rode in that day back in December 2020. And since then, he's only had the three wins, or this is his third win since December 20, as we hear hard stride take out the qualifier at Gympie. 
Back they go. 500 to go and leading the way is Hard Stride looking to go from start to finish. Ramtastic trying ever so hard and coat of arms where he's had no luck. Still planted three wide there as they go inside the 400. 12 lengths to Stormtrooper followed by Wanda. Tarchance and going backwards. The Carpenters along last as they about to swing for home and Hard Stride's trying to get them off the bit here. Leads by a length or so from Ramtastic. Coat of arms going to travel ever so hard and then follow further back to Wanda's. They come with 100 metres to go. It's just in front. Hard Stride from Coat of Arms. Hard Stride in front from Coat of Arms. Hard Stride kick, kick, kicking. And Hard Stride's going to be too good in the Battle of the Bush. Second was Coat of Arms. Tried ever so hard. The Carpenter. Well, I think it flew home for third. Beating As Ross Cater said in the call there, Hard Stride kick, kick, kicking in the 2023 Battle of the Bush. Gimpy qualifier, the 1170-metre open plate. Minowet Kennedy in the saddle there for trainer Jason Judge. And the first race of the day, as we alluded to with Steve at the top of the show, was to welcome Glenn Boss, Maiden Plate. And it was wonderful to see Bossy get back to Gimpy. There's some great coverage on the Gimpy Turf Club Facebook page uh, where Bossy was back in town uh, where it all started off for him riding Brumbies as a 14 and 15 year old. And he was there to help the Gimpy Turf Club celebrate 20 years of their 100 club. And uh, they had a, a big function there. And as Glenn does, he brings out the uh, the little uh, Sam, uh, Samsonite case that has the three Maccabi Diva Melbourne Cups in it. And he's not shy with them, Rob. I remember doing this one time at a Townsville Cup where we had uh, Glenn as the uh, the Calcutta guest speaker there. He's quite happy for you to pass, as long as the doors are locked, of course, and you don't have duck <laughs> down to cash converters. He's quite happy for you to pass the, the cup around and, and then make sure that everybody gets to experience that wonderful moment of holding a little piece of history in your hands and everyone gets a photo and uh, some of the photos I saw, he looked like he was having a great day there at Gimpy on Saturday. It just would have been a wonderful day for everyone on course, but what about all those jockeys on course, Tony, that would have been able to get uh, comments, photos and discussions with uh, Bossy? It's great to see uh, giving back to the industry that's given so much and uh, a wonderful thing uh, where they welcomed him with the first race of the day. And good to see that cutest money went off for Trevor Thomas, by the way, who picked up a double on the day with jockey Matthew Powell, that first winner, Calico Country, uh, one by uh, uh, by Killy, a uh, style you rarely hear uh, these days, but uh, they also uh, bookended the program, that combination with Bellicos uh, over True Tally and Northern Woods. But that feature, hard stride, he's an interesting one, makes it difficult for the Battle of the Bush. He's 12-year-old. He's really, he does extremely well, well on any surface, but also on that sand surface. In fact, he's two wins in a second from three at Gympie. But there's a bit of a form line, I think, because Coat of Arms was also in the... I'm pretty sure it was a stampede final last year, and the Carpenters, I'm pretty sure, won a Gympie Cup. So there's a form line there, but, boy, Tony, makes it difficult, doesn't it, trying to line up the sand tracks, the grass tracks. Uh, you've got to keep looking for the standard of the race that they've um, come through. And um, the other winners, I should mention, on the day, City Chick, Kelly Gates got a winner there with Malcolm Bailey was on City Chick, three from three at the track. And as well, uh, yes, no, maybe so, the Love Conquers All, one from four at the track for Kim Afford and uh, Shania Willis. But uh, all honours uh, on the day there um, for Hard Stride, Jason Judge, and good to see Minonette Kennedy getting what you'd call a feature winner at the country track, Tony.
Yeah, it was great to see Minuet back in the saddle. I know that uh, she uh, is another that does the hard uh, yards or uh, plenty of miles out on the highway. I think she was riding at Grafton yesterday and getting up there to, to ride at Gympie on the weekend. And as I was uh, highlighting before with where these uh, various legs are going in the Battle of the Bush, uh, and that was Gympie's first time, I think, at hosting a Battle of the Bush qualifier, it's great to be able to share the love, so to speak. Yeah, it's good. It gets varied around, and, and again, every time you get the uh, the balance between uh, grass tracks, dirt tracks, sand tracks, and uh, it all gets exciting as we uh, toward, move towards the final. But it was also great to see Max Walton back racing uh, up there for the Max Walton Cup on the uh, weekend. In fact, it was a Fox Helicopters Max Walton Cup. It's run over 1,200 metres this year. And uh, Billy Johnson, who's the leading country trainer at the moment, he's uh, snuck into the lead by one over Tenya Parry. And this meeting played a bit of a role in that because Tenya came up with a double on the day, including a Quinella. But Billy got the, the main win of the day with Finesse Tess, the six-year-old mare by Skilled, that ran third in the Nurema Cup last start. Uh, David Sparks back in the saddle. It was the second leg of a winning double for David. They defeated Louis the Legend and Caffrey, which I'm sure has come through maybe Peter Moody via Desley Forster out to uh, here now with Billy Johnson into third place. So well done, Billy, getting the first and third there on the day. And he also celebrated a birthday leading into that uh, on the weekend. A good way to get a birthday present on the day. I mentioned... Tenya with a double. She sits on 27 wins. There's three trainers in the 20s. Uh, Billy on 28, Tenya on 27, John Mansman on 22. So it starts to hot up uh, as we approach the deadline there for the premierships. But the other winners on the day, Jeffrey Felix continuing to ride very well, travels everywhere, got a double, firstly with Witty's Dream, Les Smurden, and then with Miss Profit, which was the first of Tenya's double, and the uh, Quinella there when she also have set, uh, had Have a Beer for Ted. And then uh, Tanya backed up with Dan Ballard uh, with Jabali Gold. This one came off uh, a second at Emerald in the Glenda Bell stable. And uh, Bob's up here at Max Walton now for Tanya Parry. Cutest money going off all three place getters, Sizzling River and Doom into second and third. So great to see Max Walton back running. And, of course, when you talk the jockeys in the country premiership, I just mentioned Dan Ballard, and I sneak a look here at the premiership. Oh, look at him sitting there in fourth place on uh, 22. Robbie Farr has extended his lead. He's out to 33. Tyler Leslie 26. Hannah Richardson, Dan Ballard, 22. And then on 21, you've got Amy Graham and Jason Hooper, unfortunately, out with injury at the moment. So these premierships are hotting up really, really well. And the other meeting on the weekend um, came at uh, Thangool, uh, the five-event program out there. Uh, winners across the board on the day there. I just want to check one of the results here, Tony, because uh, when I did look at it, uh, they didn't have uh, race four up on the uh, the site, but it will be there now, I'm sure. But uh, going through the winners there quickly, oh so rewarding Daryl Gardner. His team's going extremely well because it was a race-to-race double for Daryl Gardner. Uh, firstly, Talia Fenland riding home, oh so rewarding for its sixth win in 50. Now, here's the second winner I thought was worth watching out of here. Maverick Henry. Great name, I think, Maverick Henry. Savannah McCann back on the winner again. Won at Gladstone at its last start this dissident defeated Craig Lietna that's been going very well and Fav's flyer so cutest money for the second and third place getters uh, then Star Sonic took the open handicap over Echo Point now Echo Point 
that horse that won the country cups last year he's back on the comeback trail and was exciting a run but he couldn't run down star sonic they were equal favorites with so you dream into third the fourth on the program was it's a calamity it's a calamity for talia fenlon and fred smith gave talia the second of her double and finally luke miller combined well, Rodney Hay, he trained the winner and he owned the winner. He's got his horses spread far and wide. He had a winner with Barry Lockwood again in the city. The horses are winning everywhere for Rodney, but he invests so much time and money into uh, racing and particularly country racing. Well done, Rodney. The winner of Alonogy, the Lonro, with its first start in the stable, uh, defeating the two-year-old Cryptes and Encryption and Regalo Dioro into third. So Talia Fenlon picked up the double there, but great to see uh, Savannah... Uh, McCann continuing on her winning way after having her on bush beat in recent weeks, Tony. Yeah, we've had a bit of luck uh, this year. We haven't put the mark <laughs> on anyone at all, any of the uh, the trainers or the jockey apprentices that we've had on the show. They've managed to, to kick on and keep riding the winners. Normally when you get them on the radio, it ends up being uh, one of those, no, I don't want to talk to you anymore because you put the mark on me. But no, we've had a bit of luck so far and hopefully no, that no will No pressure continue. on Nathan. <laughs> no, no, Nathan, you, you've got to keep that all rolling along. <laughs> I just want to correct something I said before. I think I uh, mistyped what I was uh, writing out the calendar for the week ahead. Uh, I had Warwick in twice, but no, it's uh, Aqua Park Bow Desert Racing for the Gold Coast Turf Club on Anzac Day next week as the TAB program. But as we highlighted, we won't be here next week, uh, but we will be back the week after with plenty to talk about as we roll into more of the qualifiers of the 2023 Battle of the Bush Series, plus the Outback Racing Showcase Series kicks off and more of the Burn It to the Beach legs. We've got lots of uh, great country racing coming up in the coming fortnight. And your keeper of the series will uh, will stretch right out with all those uh, going on. But uh, we'll be back. And, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, Yapoon, uh, first time for the year, the grass track there, a wonderful track there where Tony McMahon would be calling. I'm well sure of that um, on one of those uh, weekends. That's this weekend coming. But uh, any stories that you have, any information you'd like to pass on, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Tony, we'll have a busy uh, week in two weeks' time, but uh, we'll manage to get through it with all the features, uh, particularly linking to the Battle of the Bush and feature races like the Tree of Knowledge Cup coming up at Bar Calden. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. We'll catch up soon. Thank you to Rob Lark, Andrew Watts and Nathan Fazakli for joining us on the show today. Good luck to all of the clubs that are racing in the busy a couple of weeks ahead before we resume Bushbeat on the 2nd of May this coming weekend, as we said. Dolby Amateurs plus the non-tap meetings at Longreach, Julia Creek and Yapoon. Cunnamulla and Wondo racing on Anzac Day. And then the following Saturday on the 29th, that Tree of Knowledge Cup meeting is a tab card at Bar Calden, along with uh, Day 2 at Mount Garnet, Day 2 at Tower Hill, plus Greg Downs, Gundawindi and Quilpy all racing. We'll have plenty to talk to you about when Bush Peter's back on Radio Tab on May 2nd. Safe racing and happy travels in the meantime.